everyone. Welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. This is Tony, and tonight I am joined by Liza and Adam. How's it going? It's Great. going. Excellent. Going is better than not going. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're right about that. Depends on where we're going. That's true. That's true. If it's New Jersey, you don't want to go there. <laughs> Some of us are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Some of Jersey, us are. You might not, you might not go. Some of us are going to Florida, Walt Disney World, and some of us are not. Some of us are going to Florida as soon as we we put this recording to bed. Mm, so we or, should or in twenty four hours. So we should hurry up, or we should drag it on. Yeah, we should drag it on as long as we can. All right, good. So, all right. Well, we thought we would bring uh, what we think is a fun topic uh, to the table tonight, and that is your favorite live performances by Disney. So it's not necessarily Disney World could be Disneyland, it could be Disney Cruise Line, it could be something you saw if you went to Shanghai. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about that, and uh, we're going to start it off. It's ladies first, so we will go with Liza. Okay, my favorite show in Disney World is, and it's a, it's a little obscure, so you might not know it if you've never done it, but it's Animal Encounters, wing, it's like Winged Encounters, The Kingdom Takes Flight, uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom, and it's... Uh, all of these parrots that just come and swoop in and fly and they, it's not a long show. And, and if you don't know when it's going to happen, then you're going to miss it probably. But if you're there at the right time and those parrots are wanting to participate, because <laughs> cause, cause those, those birds, they're doing their own thing. You know, so and, and you can actually watch on Disney Plus, they have an Animal Kingdom uh, show and they show how they do that with the parrots. It's really cool and I I really like it. I get excited every time I see it. Have you guys seen it? Many many years ago. Oh okay. Yeah. So I guess it's been going for a while. I guess those birds can live for a while too. So I mean. <laughs> You're talking about the show in front of the Tree of Life. Yes. Discovery Island. Yes, that's what uh, I'm talking about. I don't think I've ever looked at the time list of when it ha when it is to stand there and watch but i have seen it many times just happen to be there like you said yeah they're they're you know they kind of they can do their own thing because they're live birds so if they want to land somewhere else they will yes they will they'll do what they want they do what they want to do but i i think it's really cool because when else are you going to see that many parrots flying freely, like right around you? It's it's impressive. I think it's pretty impressive. I like it. Do you know what the second best part of that show is? What? There's always that one person who's just surprised to see birds flying at them. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't realize what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Or there's somebody that's really terrified of birds. <laughs> People get scared of birds sometimes. It's a thing. They do. Tippy Hedren has never been to the uh, Animal Kingdom when they do that. <laughs> oh, Tippy. That's a name that never caught on. It's, it is. It is. And for Adam, uh, we'll let him know that Tippy Hedren starred in Hitchcock's The Birds. Yeah, I was going to say, there's that movie that is like, uh, I think we saw it in school, or at least that the part where the birds fly over everybody. Mm -hmm. The Alfred Hitchcock. Um, yes. I, uh, I have been to Disney before with a with a friend of the show. I'm not going to say her name to embarrass her. She knows who she is. Uh, she does not like birds. And um, and to the point where, like, she gets scared of them. 
So um, this is not the. I think I remember walking through there and she had to like better walk fast because she didn't want to um, be caught up underneath um, the parakeets. Did anybody of you guys have a bird growing up? Uh, I had a few parakeets. Really? Yeah, my mom did. Maybe that's why you like the show so much because you you grew up with them. No, no, <laughs> probably not. But <laughs> I I found a yellow parakeet on the side of the road one time. And it just popped on my finger, and I took it home. <laughs> so. Were these the kind that, that talked with you, talked back no, to you? No, they don't do anything. Oh, okay. But they're cute, and they're pretty. Yeah. No, I just really like that show. I think it's cool. And if you yeah. watched the Disney Plus show before, it, it really gives you a new appreciation for how much training goes into those birds being able to do that. I mean, they're they're just free to do what they want. And I really like that about Animal Kingdom, that they give the animals, they're not caged or confined like other places, because it's not really a traditional zoo. And I think that's really nice. That show that you're talking about, it's called Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom. And it went out last year, and they are making a... Oh, actually, wow, it was 2020. Ooh, man, it's been a long two years. They are oh, making yeah. a season, They are making a season two. So we will get more of that show. So I'm maybe more birds. That. That's awesome. They are. And Adam, to answer your question, I never had any birds growing up. But being an aggressive driver in New England, I have given the bird <laughs> to a few people. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, you know, we, what have, like to... we did not have a bird, but our, my mother's cousin had a bird and we would go there for Thanksgiving. And um, it was a big cage in the kitchen. And. It uh, was very dirty, and um, it was kind of gross being in the kitchen with that bird in the cage because that cage was disgusting. Now, now uh, was the bird in the kitchen at Thanksgiving time so that the bird knew what would happen <laughs> if it wasn't good? I Probably, and that's probably why it made a mess because it, <laughs> it was trying to test how, uh, how, how far it could go. Do you know what what you know? You know what I would like to see get a live show in Animal Kingdom uh, and just kind of run amok like the parrots do. And those are the uh, crazy howling monkeys over by uh, uh, Cali River uh, uh, Rapids. Yeah, they're yeah. loud. They're they're wild and crazy in their own thing. But I would just like to see them let them go at the Tree of Life and just have them run across the park. <laughs> that would be now. I would be scared of that. Because monkeys freak me out. I mean, they're cool, but I wouldn't want one in my house. No, I have I have wanted a monkey since BJ and the bear. I, I always thought it would be cool to have my little pet companion monkey. Okay. <laughs> well, after Bubbles, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> Michael Jackson's Bubbles. Yeah, I, I got that reference. Okay, that. Yeah, you got the Bubbles reference. Okay, well, I'm not doing it. All right, so Liza's favorite live show is the wild bird show flying in, swooping in over the crowd. Yes. Uh, so Adam is your first show as visually impressive. I think so. I really think so. So my favorite live entertainment that is currently operating and uh, it comes in by a hair main street electrical parade. What? Uh, yeah. Right. Now it comes in by hair because it just debuted at Disneyland uh, last Friday so by the time you're listening to this, about like two weeks ago, you know, that parade has been around since, let me get the date here, 1972. 
that. Started that would be why Disney... they're celebrating 50 years. Started in Disneyland. <laughs> yes, Tony. <laughs> Started in Disneyland, and it has made its way. And it, I, you know, I just realized I talked about this on a previous show because now I'm realizing I'm repeating myself. But I love this parade. I love the music. It is not, believe it or not, the Baroque Hoedown is not an original song for this. Uh, some other person wrote it, the music, and Disney heard it somehow. And put it to the parade. The, it's from 1967. Somebody named Gene Jock Perry and Gershon Kingsley. They made like electronic pop music using synthesizers in the 60s. If my understanding is correct. Jack Wagner, who is the voice of Disneyland, heard that music and they decided to put it to uh, to the show. It was originally for the uh, the uh, electrical water pageant and then. Basically, after the Electrical Water Pageant debuted, they realized they should make a parade. They have changed it over the years many times. I just like the music. I like how everything is so lit up. And I love a nighttime parade because it kind of like there's if you only focus your your what you're looking at on one thing because it's all dark all around. And then you just have the light up float that you have to look at. I love the, the turtles and the snails that spin around. It's the only time you can see Elliot the dragon with Pete, right? That's his name, the, the boy's name, Pete. Mm -hmm. uh, Pete is the dragon. No, Pete's dragon, Elliot. You're right. Yeah. That's like the only place you can see them in the whole, like all of Disney lexicon for 50 years is in that parade. And uh, I don't know. I just like, I like old things and that's like really old. And I like how they still, you know, keep bringing it along. I wish it was in Florida only because it'd be easier for me to see it. But I'm glad it's uh, I'm glad it's back and I hope you know I hope they you know slightly update it every so often but keep it around forever. You know my my favorite part of that parade is not the floats but the electro magnetic musical sounds. Yes. <laughs> Which in layman's terms is what the music or other or or the bridge music. No, it's the it's it's the music. It's yeah. the accompanying soundtrack. Yeah. And I like how they use the like when a float is for a specific character, they will kind of like put the melody of their theme song over the Baroque hoedown. So you kind of hear both with the they changed the finale. There's no more uh, salute to America or to honor America. It's now like a salute to 12 different Disney cartoon characters on uh, set to It's a Small World. And they did the same thing. They put the Small World theme over the. Baroque Hoedown music. It sounds really good. Yeah, it's a fun parade. All right, then uh, thank you, Adam. I will go with my favorite uh, current parade or, or live show, if you will. And and for live show, you know, or, or live performance, we're not necessarily talking shows. It could be Streetmosphere. It could be a stage show. It could be a street performer. It could be, uh, what what else do they have? It could be the guy that does the drawings using the water on the ground the janitor that they could the, be right that's not the right they're not janitors they're um they, are they janitor i don't know what they are the water art people <laughs> yeah anybody that can draw with uh with a with a broom with a wet broom is okay in my book yeah i can't do it with a pencil let alone a broom <laughs> uh so i will go with my favorite current show and it's it's only semi-current um, in its current form, uh, it is it, it has been degraded a little bit because of COVID, but it is still occupying its theater. And I think you know where I'm going, and that's over to the village of Harambe 
for the Festival of the Lion King. Mm. Now, right now, they're performing the celebration of the Festival of the Lion King, which mm. does not have the tumble monkeys and does not have the birds doing their wire work. But uh, we know that the, the actual Festival of the Lion King show is returning later this summer. So that is my favorite show. It has been for a number of years. Tumble monkeys make the show. Uh, the fire twirler, you know, is is always good. Uh, the birds I can do without, but I think it's a good show. It's uh, very high energy. There's audience participation. I like the fact that they come and take the children out of the audience uh, and let them do a couple of laps with some of the performers. Uh, my girls always got a kick out of doing that when they were younger. You know, it's it's just it's it's fun. It's uh, it's it's always the same, which is nice. The music doesn't change, um, but uh, it's it's a good a good half hour uh, in in my book. And you know, since they put the theater uh, in Harambe uh, and enclosed it, it's uh, always a nice cool uh, a cool spot to sit for for a half hour in, inside the air conditioning. So uh, that is my favorite live show uh, currently in Walt Disney World. It's funny you'd say that show because I was just looking at our show lists and two years ago this week or next week, May 4th, we talked with Tim Kane, who is a Mark's friend who was a performer in that show. He played Kiyume and I believe he was the original or he was, well, I don't know if he was the original, but he was in the original 1998 cast. Um, and he, <laughs> he was on the, opening ceremony that was hosted by Regis and Kathy Lee when they opened up Animal Kingdom. He like played his role in that opening show. And uh, it's amazing. Now that show hasn't really changed other than this, you know, temporary like celebration of that show hasn't changed since 98, which is amazing. And except for where it has been and the kind of theater it was in, but the show has stayed the same, which is, which is great. Yeah, you're right. And if you purchase the Festival of the Lion King uh, CD or album, whatever format you purchase it in, uh, Tim is actually on the album. Uh, so you can listen to him sing wow. Be Prepared. Uh, it's actually listed as uh, Festival of the Lion King featuring Tim Kane. Oh, wow. That's really that. cool. Yeah. You know, I do miss, and I'm hoping that they'll bring it back whenever they would take the kids and do the little parade them around the theater. Cause I had great memories with my kids doing that. And I, I wish they would bring that back. I'm not sure if there's any plans anytime okay. soon to bring it back, but I really, I miss that. And I do miss the features that they did take out of the show, but it is nice that it's at least back. Now we just, you know, we need more shows to come back. <laughs> I've got to think. I've got to think that parade will come back because, I mean, we're doing we're hugging characters now. Kids are. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Kids are hugging like you know Princess Tiana, so I don't see why they can't walk around in the circle with a the shaker, you know. Yes. I need the shaker back. It was it was good. Like kids yeah. really enjoyed that, and it was a memory that would stay with them. And I think that's. You know, especially with the characters and everything, people need that. I mean, that's part of what makes Disney special and part of those memories that you get with your family. So um, I think that's it's because it's personal. And I like that. That's a good thank, one. Thank you. Thank you. Now, let's uh, you know, everybody's got memories of Disney World, Disney World. Well, 
I say Disney World because that's usually what our show focuses on. But everybody has memories of Disney shows of the past. Uh, you know, the the parks have been around now for 60, 67 years, if you count Disneyland opening in, in 55. So there's a lot of a lot of past, a lot of history there. And, you know, live performances has all have always been a part of of the Disney brand. Uh, so let's go to Adam and talk about what is your favorite historical Disney live show. Well, okay, so this really works out well because it's historical because of what their what the subject matter is. Um, it's not really historical in terms of when it was because it's not that long ago. <laughs> but I'm talking about uh, great moments in American history uh, presented by the Muppets. No, they're not doing that right now. Uh, and I'm well, no, they're not, and I don't. Who knows if it's ever coming back? I don't think it is. Um, really? We need, I'm going to have a problem. It ran from October 2016 through February of 2020. And uh, it was performed in Liberty Square at Magic Kingdom. And they had two different shows. They were about like 10 minutes long. One was about the Declaration of Independence and how it sort of was signed. The other one was the Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. And it was basically like this human actor named JJ and he would narrate the story along with Sam Eagle and then Kermit Fozzie, Miss Piggy, Gonzo, the chickens would sort of act out the different roles. And it was held uh, in the second story, right? Second, yeah. Second mm-hmm. story of one of the, of the, of the couple of the buildings in Liberty square. And um, it was funny. It was real Muppets. They were real performers. People, there were people operating those puppets live. The the voice acting wasn't live. That was taped because um, that that was the real performers doing that. That was great. I mean, like you know, it, it was it was like sort of like streetmosphere, but it was a little bit higher up. You did have to you know crane your neck a little bit to watch, but that area of Liberty Square, there's a lot of you know space to just stand around and and watch, or you could sit like on the benches or on the planter boxes across the walkway there by where the Liberty Bell is and such. You could hear from all around that land. So even if you weren't necessarily seeing it, you could still hear it. That was great. That was, you know, pure. It was it was educational because they were, you know, telling a real story and it involved the Muppets with their Muppet humor. And it wasn't that long. I, it's really unfortunate that that has not uh, come back. And uh, if you don't know this already, the Muppets now are controlled by Walt Disney Imagineering. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, it's not the studio anymore that sort of is in control of them. It's Imagineering, which is partly why you probably see, uh, more of the Muppets doing like per- parks, promotional videos online on Twitter and Facebook, because Imagineering can basically, you know, write a, a short script and, you know, have them promote something in the parks. And that's also why we think they really focused on that haunted Muppets haunted mansion movie, because, that was, you know, that's a parks uh, icon and, you know, Imagineering wants to promote that. So having said that, since the Muppets have, you know, a, a parks connection with Disney, you would think that that would be like first on the list. Like, hey, they, we've already got the show figured out. Just turn it back on. But they just haven't they just haven't done that yet. Yeah, I, that's a good show. Sadly, I never got to see it. Oh, and I'm bummed what? about it. I, I know. Oh, it was great because it, there's nothing funnier than a Muppet singing and moving their head back and forth. I don't know. I love it. 
I think it was a great show. I I love Sam the Eagle popping out on the very top. It's a good show. I mean, it was really cute. I, I didn't, I would stop every time. And then people kind of started to know when it was going to happen because you'd get the, gra- the crowd that would come around, they'd gather around, and then everybody would stand and wait. It, I hope it comes back. I really do. I think it, they need something. You know, Magic Kingdom does have a lot going on, but spontaneous shows like that, I think that, I think that really helps with the crowd sometimes. Like it gives people diversions, you know, and it helps if you're waiting for an attraction. I mean, it makes your wait not so bad if you're waiting for a return time or something, you know, plus it's really fun and cute. So yeah, that's a good one, Adam. Thank you. We just want it back. We just want more Muppets all over the place. I, I had this discussion the other night. Why does it seem like every couple of years, Disney tries to reinvent the Muppets and basically shoves them down our throat for like six months and then they disappear for another two years until they're, you know, brought back again. Well, they, they're not shoving around down enough throats because I think if, if <laughs> I think if if it was more throats, then we would all be want more Muppets to uh, uh, some people believe like the writing they whoever's writing for them just doesn't get it. You know, there's like they recently and not really recent, but. They had to let go of Steve Whitmire, who was the who was the voice of Kermit that took over for Jim Henson because he had like he had like issues with the studio. Oh and no. Yeah, this 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 is not very recent. This is probably in I think 2018 or 2019. But uh, that's why Kermit's voice sounds different now because it's not it's not the same guy that had been doing it for 30 years. And then before that was Jim Henson who started it. So I mean we're getting a new not to make this you know not to get off subject. They are making a, uh, a Muppets series based on Electric Mayhem, Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem for Disney Plus, and that's supposed to come out end of this year, early next year. Or, oh, I think that's they just exciting. started. Yeah, I think they just started filming it now, and uh, or at least writing it, something. Yeah. That I'm excited for. Another rehashing of the Muppet Show I don't need. You give me Electric Mayhem, some animals, some Janice, I'm happy. Yeah, and that expands the Muppet lore. That's not just that we're not just focusing on the Kermit Piggy, you know, relationship and then whatever's going on around them. This is other the whole other character. And there's no reason why they can't, you know, there's no reason why we can't have a band show of, you know, about this band, the band. I mean, everybody loves them. I don't. Yeah. Uh, it's the same I... thing with like Muppets Haunted Mansion. Like Kermit was not the lead. It was Gonzo, and it was Gonzo, and it was um, Pepe. You know, that sort of made it different and a different lead. It made it more interesting than it always has been. And I think that's that's important. So I think, you know, keep doing that kind of stuff. I think people will do, love it. The Muppet. I mean, the the original Muppet show is from the 70s, right? Correct. Yeah. So they've been around for 50 years as a as an entity. And they've been they've been pushed around by different studios and everything. And I feel bad you know, for the people that are you know, trying hard to keep it together and, and really, you know, keep the, the soul of them alive. I, I wish they would like bring on people like Frank Oz, who's still around, you know, to consult. And it's anytime he talks about, I'm really getting off topic. I'm sorry. Anytime he talks about, you know, where the Muppets are today, he says they don't have the same soul that they used to have, you know, but Jim, Jim Henson has been gone a long time and it's, it's not easy. It's not easy, like trying to like you know keep these characters afloat in the you know as as generations move on. But you know as long as if you're a parent out there that's listening, 
you know, get your kids in front of Muppet stuff. You know, it's wholesome. It's it's good. It's uh, positive. Positive. It's funny. You'll you'll laugh. Everybody will laugh. Wait a second. I'm supposed to trust the one guy that hosts this show that has no children with <laughs> with parenting advice. I mean, like my parents really weren't into Muppets, so like I kind of had to figure it out on my own. But I mean, I'm, I'm I can't if I I like I'm this much of a Muppet freak now. How much would I have been if you know my parents were too? So goodness, could you imagine? <laughs> All right, well Adam has some some fuzzy Sorry. issues there. If well, let me ask you a question here. We'll take a real aside. If you could be and make this short, because I know Adam, you can get long-winded. But if you could be any Muppet, what Muppet would you be? Pepe is he's so funny. Oh my gosh, you would be a prawn. Pepe the prawn is so funny. But like, uh, I wouldn't want to be. I like God. I like five. I um, this is so hard. Doctor Teeth is really chill. He's like, hey man, how you doing, man? I'll probably be with Doctor Teeth. Okay. He's like, he's like easy going. You right. are not Doctor Teeth. He, well, if I wanted, like, if I wanted to, like, if I'm gonna be a Muppet, I want to be a different personality, you know? Okay. 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 I don't want to say Kermit. That's like so easy. You don't have to be Kermit. I mean, that's fine. I was thinking, you know, well, I guess if you want to be Dr. Teeth, that's fine. Who would yeah. you be, Tony? Uh, I would be Robin, Kermit's frog nephew. Because, <laughs> you know, like Kermit brings him to all the all the fun events because he doesn't have any kids of his own, no tadpoles. So no he, tadpoles. he gets to bring Robin. <laughs> that's funny. Liza, and you would be? You know I'd be Peggy. Hello. All right. I have to be Peggy. I like right. her attitude. And if you're listening to the show this week, just put in the comments who, who you would want to be if you were a Muppet. There's so many to choose from. Either Peggy or Sam the Eagle. He's very serious, though. He is. He's too serious. Yeah, but I like him. Excellent. So, Liza, let's move on to you, and we will go to your favorite historical live show. Okay, so my favorite historical show of all time. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm going to have to say there's two that I go back and forth with. But I would have to say Illuminations Reflections of Earth. Everybody knew I was going to say it. Mm -hmm. That's that's just the one it is. It would be that or the parade that used to go through Epcot. Tapestry Nation, Tapestry of Dreams, Tapestry of Dreams. But the, but the Illuminations, it was, it, I love that music, the soundtrack. I miss it every day. I think about it a lot. I really wish they would bring it back. I heard that the new nighttime show that they have there isn't getting the best reviews from what I from what I heard from a certain podcast that I listened to with, you know, <laughs> a couple guys that might be, you know knowing things and it kind of made me excited because I thought, okay, okay, they're getting negative feedback, but they just invested all this money into these barges. So what are they going to do? You know, I'm sure they're going to have to keep it for a while. And I know they probably wouldn't bring illuminations back until like 50 years later. <laughs> so then am I even going to be around? I don't know, but it's such a dilemma. I didn't pick Illuminations because I knew you would. So you knew I would. <laughs> yeah, we just reserved that. We reserved that for Liza. Yeah, it was. It's the ultimate. It's the ultimate. It had everything. It was good. It was so good. It was the music. It was just the music. The music couldn't be beat. This new music that they have now, I'm. It's. It. I don't. It's not happening for me. 
we did a show, I think it was Illuminations, like Rest in Peace or something. And what was great about that show was it was it had like a whole complete story, you know, at the beginning. Like if you like studied it, which I understand most people aren't studying this before they go on vacation. But at the beginning, you know, like the like how Earth was formed and it had like a middle and at the end where, you know, humanity is like sort of like, you know, populating the Earth. And it was really it had a flow. This new Harmonious show is just, you know, greatest hits from, you know, 12 movies that represent each country around the world showcase. Like it just doesn't like it doesn't it doesn't have a story flow like illuminations did and and i will say i there there's i can't imagine anybody was complaining about illuminations when they decided to get rid of it i can't imagine anybody like complained guest services that fireworks show was bad they need a new one i I, nobody like if people didn't like it they probably like just wouldn't stay to watch it they do other things in epcot which is what you do like i just it just seems like the one thing that like was unnecessary to change and they did it anyway. Do you know do you know what Illuminations was? What? It was that comfortable couch in your living room. Yeah. You know, it was that you've got your spot, you sat there, you you know how it's going to feel, you just kind of like melt meld into the cushions. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you, it, it, they're already shaped for you. It knows how you're going to sit. And it was very <laughs> it, it was very comfortable. Yeah. The only problem with comfort like that is eventually, you know, like a spring goes in the middle of it and uh, you, you got to replace it. And and I wonder if that's what it was, is that couch was just too comfortable. And now they brought in this new couch and it's going to take some time getting used to. The, 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 but the new couch is like a futon. It <laughs> it's serves a, two purposes. It's a futon with like barely any padding in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, it's a futon from your grandmother's house or something. Or and, from your college dorm. And it's unsightly. Yeah, yeah, it's ugly. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It serves two purposes. Instead of instead of just being a beautiful nighttime show, it also, you know, promotes these movies that some people like don't even remember. Right. And um, you know, to to sell more toys or something. And when you you know, when you serve two as the Bible says, when you serve two masters, I don't remember the rest, but you can't do that. So, so I'd have to get that verse correct. That, that, that's but, the whole point, Adam. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve two masters, and that's what Disney's trying to do. That's what Harmonious trying to do. It's trying to do that, and on top of that, they're trying to save money by not having the barges go backstage when they're done. So, so they're it's just that, keeping them out there. It's now that big futon that's shaped like a taco. Yeah. And that's what we get. <laughs> shaped like a taco. That's bad. All right, so uh, I guess it's just up to me to to wrap this up here, and I will go with my favorite live performance uh, in the historical category being the Adventurers Club on Pleasure Island. Um, You know, as as much as I love The Lion King because it's the same show every time and you know what to expect, the Adventurers Club was 180 degrees different than that. You know, it was a lot of improv, a lot of audience interaction and participation. You didn't really know where the night was going to go. If you walked in there and thought you were going to see, you know, some type of stage performance, oh boy, were you wrong. Um, Because it was just a rowdy, raucous, rollicking good time. And, uh, you know, between that and the comedy warehouse that that used to be on Pleasure Island, you know, that that used to be an evening for me. Uh, 
Um, you know, I, I, I enjoy that type of show. Uh, some of the performers are still around uh, and involved in streetmosphere type stuff, either in Epcot or in Hollywood Studios. Uh, the adventurers do make appearances during some of the marathons backstage, so they are around, but uh, I do miss the club and uh, all that went along with it. It was a great, great bar, uh, great performance rooms, lots of imagineering that was done, um, you know, statues that moved and interactive rooms and the mask room and the main room and uh finger zambezi playing his own piano and it was it was a great time and and it's entertainment that is that is sadly missed and i wish they would bring it back in some form or another but uh, i know they won't no they won't no probably not i never got to go in there i did go to pleasure island uh twice Mm-hmm. And it was still open, but um, I don't think I ever made my way in there. I don't remember if I did or not. It was so long ago, though. Well, Liza, you're obviously the reason it closed. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was a, apparently there was a lot of people. It was like a cult favorite. Like people were people would always want to go make a trip to go over there. And uh, didn't they say Congaloosh? Congaloosh, yeah. And, okay, uh, that's, that's where that their comes phrase. Yep. Okay, that's what I thought. Because every it, time I'd heard hear somebody say that, and they would reference that, but I didn't know what it meant. It's also the name of a drink that they served. It is, and I oh. believe you, you can actually get that drink at Trader Sam's these days. Oh, well, that's good. I mean, they're yeah. at least keeping some of it alive. Exactly. I'm I'm hoping that, that so there's. Are you familiar with the Society of Explorers and Adventurers? which is nah. known as SEA and Disney Talk. And, and that's who, uh, what's his name? Hightower, who does the Haunted Mansion overseas in Asia. Um, he's a member of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. And it's kind of an offshoot of the Adventurers Club. And a lot of the adventurers are supposedly in this backstory, a part of the Society of Adventurers and Explorers. And there's supposed to be a show on Disney Plus that's coming up. And... You know, we don't know if we're going to be seeing folks from the Adventurers Club uh, as a part of this organization. But, you know, it, it's funny that they they went through all these lengths to close the club, knock it down, put the Edison up in its place. And they still hang on to the Adventurers Club. You know, they're still making T-shirts with the logo. And, you know, I just I just bought one last year uh, uh, from the, the uh, world of Disney and. Uh, it would be great if they could bring it back, even in a limited edition, but uh, it would be a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I guess yeah. I need to keep looking forward and not to the past. But, you know, many, many good times were had down there in the main room watching the uh, performance. Aww. Very short-sighted decision for them to close out because now, like, themed – well, really, like, theme bars have been around forever. But right. themed, like, bar stuff like that is just now coming back. At Disney, like they redid the Meisners at Grand Floridian to make it like Beauty and the Beast themed. And they did the Abracadabra bar on the on the at the boardwalk, which is like a magi- magician, you know, magic theme type bar. And, and even true. the and even the Edison that replaced <laughs> the Edison that replaced Adventures Club is a themed restaurant. It's not what Adventures Club was per se but it's similar in what it's trying to do like enter, not only feed you but entertain you and i think 
I mean, we. I mean, this is like another show. What happened to Pleasure Island? But they oh, that's had a, a good topic. You need to write that down, Adam. They had a lot of. They had. A, I think they were. They had way too many nightclubs for what was there and for what kind of people were showing up. But they shouldn't have gotten rid of all of them. They they probably should have just gotten rid of the couple of them that weren't that popular and keep the 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 ones that were packed all the time, like right. the Adventures Club. Like that one, like very short sighted that they closed that. I mean, like right. Jock Lindsay's hangar bar at Disney Springs. That's a whole Indiana Jones themed bar. And and then of course Trader Sam's is like another like I know there was tiki bars already in America, but and I'm not saying Avengers Club is a tiki bar, but it's similar in in again, it's similar in what they're trying to do. Entertain right. you while also, you know, charging you twenty dollars for a drink. So that's sad. I never went there, and I wish I did. So, well, you know, we, we all know, and this—if we do another show on it—we all know that the reason Pleasure Island is there uh, is because of Church Street Station and Rosie O'Grady's, which was drawing people to their nightlife, and Disney needed something uh, to pull folks back onto their property. Um, and then once, uh, you know, once once Church Street Station started going downhill. Um, uh, there was no real need to uh, keep Pleasure Island going because there was no other real nightlife option like that. So, uh, yeah, it, it'd be a fun chat uh, to talk about history. But uh, like Adam says, that's a topic for another day. So we'll put it on our list. Yes, I think that's a good one for the list, Adam. Thanks. I do want to just say one that really quickly that I need we need to come back is Streetmosphere at Hollywood Studios, the Streetmosphere is similar to Muppets, uh, Great Moments in History. It kind of like adds life to a, the land and it makes it feel like it's lived in. And I feel like that's really what the Streetmosphere characters are doing. Similar to what's going on on Main Street with Dapper Dan's, with the mayor, with the fire chief, how it feels like people are actually living on that street. Same thing in Hollywood, at Disney Hollywood Studios, with the old, uh, with the Streetmosphere characters. So, you know, they're Sort of like acting out plays in the middle of the street. And yep. um, I missed that. And another one I wanted to say was Nemo, Finding Nemo the Musical, which and its former form is gone, but they are bringing, essentially bringing it back and sort of theming it more to the second movie that is also based on the first movie. It's kind of confusing. But I'm glad that show's coming back because that's a nice indoor air-conditioned theater. The seats have backs. and you know, Nemo was not a musical movie, but they made it into one. So I think that's really cool. Don't sleep on the Nemo show. Oh, no, no. The Nemo show's amazing. I, I, I love that show. I miss that show. They need that show back. We, we need all the shows back, really, to get those crowds evened out because it, it's congested in that part yeah. without the shows, like sucking people in, you know? That really helps out a lot, a lot more than you would think. That's a big theater. It's a yeah, huge and, theater. Well, yeah, it holds, you know, a couple thousand people, like five shows a day, six shows a day. That's, you know, 10, 20, 25,000 people a day. That's a lot. Yeah. And, and without it, it, you know, those people got to go somewhere. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not going to watch Kite Tales, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, Nobody my kite tails. <laughs> The Kite Tales show, it's like, that's a walk-by. You walk and you look, and you keep walking. Amen to that. Yeah, that's what I did. 
All right, that's a that's a pleasant thought to end this show on. <laughs> so, I'd like to remind our listeners that, as always, our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner. You can check out their website, MainStreetMoreTravel.com, request a quote, and let Chris and her team plan your family's next vacation. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search on the Mouse and More podcast. On behalf of Liza and Adam, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night.